Hi, I'm Sierra. And I'm Stefan. We're here to chit chat about the mystical, the magical, and everything in between. This is Mystic Gossip. And we're here to spill the positivity. We are here to spill some positivity, everybody. How's it going, Stefan? Doing so well. Living my life. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, this, the irony of the fact that we're starting out of balance, but our whole conversation today is going to be very much about cosmic order and balance. Yeah. And right before we started recording, we were just discussing about the people who do listen to this and not even sure who you guys are. Maybe you're all just our friends and we're super grateful that it's all the people that we know here listening. And if you're not and you've stumbled across this, we are so grateful to have you here. So just literally everybody listening and including like my family who I know is listening, my friends who I know are listening, same for you, I'm sure. And just random people who have stumbled across upon us in the interwebs of social media or whatever it is. I just like, I don't know what we're going to be talking about today is kind of how Stefan and I like found each other as friends in a way, what really connected us. And I just know that everybody who's all here listening, like is very much connected for a purpose. So I think I just wanted to put that out there. Yes. And so that's, that really brings us to what we're talking about today, which is um, kind of tarot related. Well, it's not kind of tarot related. It is absolutely tarot related. It's a, the card temperance and Sierra and I connected a long time ago on this card. I mean, we had known each other, we were studying together, but when temperance came to town, uh, we both were like, Oh, we have something here that's common that we need to explore together that we um, are realizing is a major part of our journey right now. And um, temperance is, yeah, it's a major arcana. So it's one of the major archetypes of the tarot. Um, Sierra, do you want to maybe tell us a little bit more about it uh, from a definition perspective? Yeah. And also, if you aren't like super knowledgeable in tarot, like that doesn't matter for this episode. Just wanted to put that out there. Like you don't have to know anything about tarot because I'm about I'm just going to read you a definition of what the card means. And then we're going to kind of go into it and our journey and how it's showing up, how it showed up when we became, you know, friends and then how it's showing up for us now. It's a constant showing up. We've mentioned it in other episodes. If you've listened to other episodes and how that was kind of like our synchronicity as a friend unit of like ding, ding, temperance is here. That was the that was the reminder that was like, oh, Sierra and Stefan are supposed to be connected and it's because of temperance. And so if you, if you do want to know a little bit more about tarot, go back to our episode where we talk about tarot in general. And don't worry if you don't know about tarot for this episode, because this is kind of, you know, this is about temperance and the energy of temperance and how it's showing up for us. And I'm going to read just a quick little definition from the book, The Infinite Tarot by Sheila Height, our awesome tarot teacher where Stefan and I met. And so temperance is the 14th card of the major arcana it's number 14 and in this little the you know we talked about this in our tarot episode but the major arcana is the fool is card zero and it goes the fool goes through the journey of the major arcana's meeting each of them and learning a lesson and so quoting sheila's book the fool meets the embodiment of his higher self when he encounters temperance 
through her, he learns that life achieves its own alchemical harmony if we maintain balance by mindfully pouring from the cup of the heart into the mind and back again, as we oh. firmly stand with one foot on solid ground and the other in the waters of spirit. So just mm. like I am melting at that definition. Oh. Honestly, I, even just reading that out loud now has shook me to my core because I think every time we re revisit Temperance, she brings something different, yes. you know, and our understanding of the card has deepened, 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 deepened through time. Um, yes. And even just hearing that then I was like, oh, sorry, so, I'm, I'm expressing because it's beautiful. And it's so, yeah. it's so, it's so. I don't know. Temperance is something that, yeah, like Stefan said, we just go back to and learn so much from every time, which is, again, one of the amazing, one of the many amazing things about tarot is that it's never ending. And the way that I love astrology, because it's bottomless, I feel like tarot is that same way. And it's also associated with the zodiac sign Sagittarius. What's up? Sagittarius <laughs> represent, but me and, <laughs> me and Stefan also come together because both of us have Venus and Sagittarius. And so that's yes. a one way that we've connected and and how we really connect to temperance because it's such a journey for us with that Sagittarius Venus and oh, it's connected yes. with Jupiter with fire. And it's also uh, connected with the hips as the part of the body, because that's what Jupiter oh, and Sagittarius rules. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Holy sacral. And <laughs> Wow. And I feel like one kind of definition that we always bring to temperance is everything in moderation, even moderation. Even moderation. That's yeah. a big one. And actually to that point, I mean, I would say, you know, when you look at the card of temperance, it's often represented as an angel, you know, yes. often it's angelic. Um, and often he, she, they are standing one foot in water, one foot on the ground. And that is very, other cards do that too. The star does that too. Um, speaking of kind of heart connection, divine connection, back and forth, like in the description, but also there's always this thing about balance and there's the one cup pouring into another cup is generally the image you get with temperance and they vary, but balance, really balance becomes this word that comes with temperance, again, divine timing, balance, all this kind of stuff. But it's interesting because I would say that one of the misconceptions with balance and most humans do, but Sierra and I definitely were very familiar with was that we often in our lives think that balance means, Oh, if I'm doing this, I need to do completely the opposite, which is actually not balance at all. It's swinging to the complete opposite end of the scale. Hence why everything in moderation, even moderation, because if you go from excess to complete moderation, then you're not balanced. You're just on the other side of the spectrum. So that's actually been a massive, such a simple thing, but it is the hardest thing to achieve. And we're learning that. Yeah, it's this, it's this idea, what we've really come to through our conversations, through our own personal just journeys with temperance, as we're sharing our journey with each other, that if you think of temperance as the pendulum that is swinging, and when it swings all the way to the left, just by the laws of physics, it's going to swing all the way back to the right. And temperance is the idea of how do we lessen 
that extreme of the pendulum swinging. And yes. I did I did mention this in another episode. Um, it was dreams where mm-hmm. I was talking mm-hmm. about how I have this spontaneous shellfish allergy and how one of my dreams was giving me some insights and I pulled a card and I got temperance and and it was, you know, like helping me realize that, well, something's being taken away, but that means I'm gaining something because there is that counterbalance that happens with temperance. But, you know, in like my personal way in which I connect to temperance and need to continually reconnect to temperance is my journey with my weight with the foods that I eat, with my health journey in general. Like I think health is the word to completely encompass all of that. And Stefan and I are on very parallel journeys there. Very parallel journeys. And actually it was funny because that was why when we found this out and started to go deeper into it, we were like, hey, we have very similar lives. Things that we're going through emotionally are very similar. And it did bring us together in that way for sure. Yeah. And that's how, again, I always bring things back to astrology. That's how we, oh my gosh, we both have Sagittarius Venus and Sagittarius Venus, it wants excess. And so we're very good at excess. And then it it also though, brings us to the astrology of the fact that I am a Sagittarius rising and Stefan is a Gemini rising, which are opposites, which have a balancing opposition effect and which we are in a way the the cups of temperance there that are like going back and forth to each other and how we're here to really help each other on this journey and when we think about that pendulum swinging from one extreme to the other when I bring it to food and health you know I am the person who I can get on a diet and restrict myself and exercise excessively and get the result well you know get a towards the result that I want. And then the minute that I break one little thing, bam, the pendulum by law of nature has to swing completely to the other side where it's like couch potato, bag of chips. potato, bag of chips. (laughs) I'm with you there. It's like, (laughs) let's get the chips. Let's order some pizza. Let's eat the whole thing myself. Yes. 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 And so we are, and you know what? Every time we talk about temperance, we have new insights, like even just reading that definition. And there was also a period of time where I was going through, like, you know, when you just get word bombed, where you keep seeing the same word, like synchronicity, but like just with a word everywhere. And it was the word alchemy everywhere. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. And then I was teaching a tarot class and I went to read the definition of temperance before because I was going to be going over it that day. And the, the first three definitions in this book, balance in action, harmony, alchemy. And I was like, oh, fuck. all right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's funny because that hit me now because of some writing I've been doing recently, which you know about too, and a book I mm-hmm. started to write, Alchemy, central to the book. Also, what really struck me, it was pouring from the mind to the heart and then back into the mind, this mind-heart connection, which is a lot about what my book's about. So I was like, whoa, what the hell? Because it is really interesting because I think recently and what I've been really understanding about divinity is this um, oh, this need for us as conscious beings to bounce the ball through the body and yes. work as a system. And it's also the temperance within the body. It's also the balance between being very cerebral all the time and being able to have that emotional connection and to then bounce that back up to the thing and then to check in with the root and to move through the body. Because the thing is, my issue is I've always been very cerebral and then the buck kind of stopped there. And there were all these other points in my body that were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Your mind is compensating and becoming very autocratic here. 
you know, and temperance in the body is also that balance of chakras. And one thing that you just said again in the definitions, which is so wonderful, is balance in action. And it made me think of another massive learning because when I did my 21 days of temperance on on my tarot for life, I came in with this idea that temperance was Zen. Temperance was uh, calm. Temperance was balance. And I the thing that I would say I most learned through those 21 days was at the end of those days, it was like fire, 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 fire. All of the things I was getting were about action and doing and moving and passion. And, and it was all these fire cards. And what it really made me understand is the act of balance. It, it's actually, we have this misconception that being aligned and being Zen means being static. Yes. And I think that that is really dangerous because a person that's in full alignment may be very active, you know, maybe very active. They might be moving from place to place. They may, they may be full of work. They may be doing all the things they're supposed to do, but they could be so aligned with their purpose, but they're not sitting there in silence um, the whole time. And that also is in balance, you know, so balance can be an active state. And I think that that's something to really also understand. Not, I'm not also, advocating against meditation I mean that's all very important but and it's part of the balance but I think people have this idea that alignment is zen is sitting in silence and that's what it is and I think that the pendulum may swing less but it's still an active state you know yeah the pendulum's never still the pendulum is in motion and that's how we find balance because also if you don't have some sort of fluidity in your balance, you can get knocked over. If you're too still, you know, like if you're locked, it's the idea of having your knees bent when your legs are straight doing yoga. Like if your knees are locked, you're cutting off blood flow. You're, you know, that's, there's this idea of things still need to be moving even in stillness. Life is never static. And, you know, I was having a conversation with someone recently about the brain and they were talking about, they were a surgeon and they were talking about how I'm not going to do this justice, but how life is essentially this transfer of sodium in the brain and that when there is an equilibrium, you're dead. Mm, So it was like, if it's not out of balance, you're dead. So it's like the whole idea of life is this constant transfer. So it's interesting to me because I think, yes, there we, and maybe that's, we're getting off topic, but I do think that there's this idea of like the activity of balance and um, that shows up in so many different ways. And it's just about also checking in. I think it's about checking in with your, um, with your being and, you know, where with your, with your being, I say that with the part of you that's conscious, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really think temperance is this wonderful. Also, there's this idea of temperance as divine timing, you know, it has angelic, this idea of also kind of everything in its time, you know, when temperance comes up, that's also kind of a, a, a key into me that this is about someone's someone's timeline higher self in that description too it's like the journey to the higher self everything has its moment and I love in the light seers tarot how temperance is an angel that's balancing the orbit of the sun and the moon yes and like it's divine feminine and masculine exactly and it's this um infinite infinity sign that's being created by the orbits of them Yes. And it does talk about the structure of the universe, the the structure and the chaos and the 
you know, universal intelligence, everything has its timing, everything has its place, everything has its rhythm. You know, that really just makes me think of like, you know, being able to appreciate all of the light stuff because of the dark stuff. And while you and I are always on the side of keeping things very light, I think that we, you know, that doesn't mean that we're, or I think that you and I are in this moment working on that darker side of things and diving a little bit deeper because we are very comfortable with the light. But I think it's also the choice, we've mentioned this before, the choice of coming back to the light no matter what, because the darkness is has its purpose. But if we get stuck there, it's easy to get stuck. And right. it's actually, it is such a strength to come back to the light despite right. the darkness and make that choice anyways. And it is this balance of you, if it was bright all the time, it would lose its wonder if it was dark all the time, it would be way too, it would just be unbearable, you know? And so there's this, there's this balance that they do support one another in that way, because when we do that deep, dark work, it is healing. But when we choose to yes. come back to the light every time anyways, that's the strength that we show in ourselves. It's funny. Cause it's this idea of the, you know, we talk about the universe conspires in your favor, yeah. you know? I do yeah. think it's connected to this idea of like divine rhythm. Um, the other day I was having a conversation with a coworker um, at Namaste Bookshop where I read sometimes um, tarot. And I was talking about an experience I had with someone telling me about a very temperance angel that was like that I had two guardian angels, but then I had this dark angel, this dark energy angel, this kind of underworld angel that was coming to my aid in this part of my life. Um, and it's funny because several different psychics um, and healers have said that. Um, and I felt it, which was kind of interesting. But she made this point that I was like, no one's really ever put it this way before. She said, the fact that you have dark forces conspiring for your highest purpose means that you're, she said, it's a brilliant sign because it's a sign that the universe is conspiring in your favor to achieve something that is for the best progress of the universe it's Ooh. no longer even about light and dark it's about forward motion evolution consciousness <sighs> and the fact that you've got light forces and dark forces not that this angel's evil it's just that he's part of the balance it's a shadow side yeah it's part of the balance and that that if the fact that both sides of the universe are conspiring to help you means that whatever you're trying oh i just got chills all over my body me that, too the- me too <laughs> That the, <laughs> that the mission you're trying to achieve is supported by the universe. It's like, yes, this is this is for our, all of us. So, and I think that there's something in temperance there because bringing it back to a really, really, really human thing, Sierra and I talk about a lot, which is food, because um, <laughs> we yeah. have journeys. Um, recently, both of us, I think, have been embracing a slightly new relationship with food um, and, you know, eating more cleanly I would say is a good way to and more intentionally more intentionally maybe is a good way to but also having the uh grace and the openness to also know well you know I'm sitting here today with friends and we're eating slightly different to what I may think I want to need but I'm going to participate as much as I feel comfortable in that because I'm also human and yes sometimes I do want some french fries and sometimes I want a little bit of that you know whatever it might be and I do want a glass of champagne and you know and and then that that that's actually healthy. It is. 
in the, the balance. It's the pendulum swinging because you're not allowing the pendulum to get to such an extreme of quote unquote health, healthy food, clean eating. You're not letting it get, keep pulling and pulling and pulling to such an extreme that one bite of something pulls you so far back to the other direction. It's yes. a little swing back so that you can then swing back to that healthier side. Yes. So and- you're not a fallen angel and suddenly you're a dark angel that's like, <laughs> oh God, I'm on this side now, you know? Chips and dip. Chips yeah. And- <laughs> the chips and dip that's angel. my downfall my God. Dip. But, um, but like yeah. to your point though with all of that nothing wrong we're just <laughs> the other side of the pendulum um but to your point though with that is in a way in which we struggled so much with the idea of temperance. The reason why I want to say we struggled with temperance is because like to just understand the definition, like we were in a a point of learning tarot and learning what does temperance even mean? And the thing that's really hard for me is that like, there's, there's different cards in the zodiac. There's different cards in tarot that are associated with different zodiac signs. And because like, let's say, you know, astrology is my first language and tarot is my second language. I'm trying to do that correlation in order to help me learn my second language. And so there are some cards that have two zodiac signs associated with them, but there's no debate in any of the, you know, different sources of what sign is associated with temperance. It is Sagittarius. And as a Sagittarius, and then Stefan and I, as our Sagittarius Venuses, like I really struggled with temperance being a Sagittarius card because Sagittarius energy is more is more and let's freaking gamble and test our luck and let's go and explore. And it is like, it is one extreme side of the pendulum. And so that is why I have really like initially struggled with learning this meaning, especially applying it to my own life, especially I embody the energy of Sagittarius for the astrology people out there. I'm a zero degree Sagittarius. Like I am the Sagittarius pure energy here. And I really was like, how the heck is temperance, this moderation (laughs) energy, how the heck is that Sagittarian? And, and I also like one word that I think needs to be associated with temperance is wisdom. And I think of, it's almost like the Sagittarius that has lived both sides of the pendulum so extremely Mm -hmm. that it's then able to kind of give that advice where it's like, I did go on my adventures. I did eat all of the chips and dip. And you know what I realized? My body feels better when we add some veggies and dip. You know what I mean? Yeah, when I do carrots (laughs) and dip and still maintain that serotonin crunch. No, it's funny because- (laughs) You know, actually, it's, when you when you were talking just now, I had this realization. We talk about more is more, so Sagittarian, but actually, the more is more motto, life frame, mind frame, is actually what pushes either direction of the pendulum. Because when you're on a health kick and you're like, "Fuck," still, you see what I'm saying? It's I still do. More, and more, more gym, more this, more, more, more starvation, more just veggies, more, I need more running. I need more, 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 more. It might not be physically like more, 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 but it's the impulse and the attitude of more is more that pushes either side of the pendulum. So I think that's an important thing to remember because that Sagittarius energy can be embracing the curiosity of what does it mean if I lean into moderation? What does it mean if I don't moderate what does it mean if i annihilate everything 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's like I cut yeah. it all. What would that mean? And the thing is, it's also like because Venus is a planet of like how do we love and how do we show love and feel loved. I know that in those extremes, I'm like, God, you're being so good to yourself. God, you're, you know what I mean? And it's almost, yeah. it's always toxic because you're like, you're, you know, like that's the, that ego. is the, ego can be like, aren't you being so good to yourself? You haven't eaten this for 78 days, you know, God, you must be so feeling so good. And, you know, aren't we being so kind to our body? And you're like, well, actually let's, you know, could you do it? Could you now go and have potato chips and then go back to a week without them. Really, that's the, that, and it, because what happens is it's about loving yourself enough to want them and allow yourself to have them. Exactly. But not to go into a swimming pool full of potato chips, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's that, scary. that's the moderation part of it that I think, you know, whereas if we think of it in an astrology way and think about, oh my God, Libra is balance. It's like, why isn't temperance Libra then? And it's not, it's not, it's Sagittarius. And there is like an exploration and wisdom and philosophy that comes into it because it's not just, it's not neutrality and it's not stagnant and it's not impartial. So fire. It's so fire. And I think when I did my 21 days of temperance and it had this evolution into fire, I was like, why is this so fire? But it is fire. Yeah. That's what's interesting. It is action-based. When I say it is fire, for those who don't know too much about tarot, the element of fire is really about action. It's about doing. It's about passion and life force. And and it's just a very, very um, active element. And it's interesting because temperance seems like it uh, should be like earth or, you know, I don't even know, like something very grounded and very, yeah. So it's interesting. Because I think that, um, and we forget that there are other cards, like to Sierra's point, justice is the card of Libra, right? Yeah, yeah. There's that balance. But then you have like the two of pentacles, which is also about kind of alignment, but it's a kind of a more earthly alignment. So there are different cards to a cups, you know, a lot of the twos, but there's there's a lot of this kind of stuff. But temperance has a very special flavor and it definitely yeah. has to do with higher perspective. Which is such a cool place for our Sagittarius Aquarius energy to meet because both of those signs are so much about perspective, higher perspective. And, mm. and it is because, yes. like I said, you have to gain it from wisdom. It's like temperance is the that angel who's very serene that as a college kid, like, made some intense choices, ate a lot of chips and dip and maybe <laughs> didn't hydrate enough at the party. You know what I mean? No, and, no. But now they're like, you know what? One glass of wine, one glass of water. <laughs> exactly. One part wine, one part water. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's true. I mean, I think the temperance angel is, it's an interesting yin and yang balance. It's also funny because as an Aquarius, I have to consider the pouring of the cup element of the temperance card because Aquarians always are the water bearer, often pouring. Now, one thing I want to say is that they're pouring into the river, back into the river. They're not taking from the river, but but they're standing in the river. And one thing I think is interesting about temperance, and I just want to go back to the mind-heart thing, is that we just spoke about this before, about letting yourself move from the mind into the heart, where you actually connect 
what your mind is doing to like how you're feeling emotionally. Now, Sierra and I have got a journey with this and yeah. it's about allowing yourself to pour all of your musings and intellectual analysis into either the throat chakra where you can speak it out or into the heart chakra where you can feel what it is that needs to be felt so that we can move through into open-minded states. Now, I think what's so important about that with this conversation is that often it's the lack of open-minded states that lead us into inhibitory or defensive behaviors. Now, what we are talking about with temperance is our struggle bouncing between inhibitory behaviors like shame and guilt um, uh, and anxiety and defense and coping mechanisms. So our ping pong journey is like, do, 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 like, I can't do anything. Yes, I can. I can cope. I can't do anything. Yes, I can. I can cope. And we just go. And this is making me feel really sad. Okay. So because I'm sad, I'm going to go back to defenses and now I'm feeling anxious again. And now, you know, and it's like this where we're, we're bouncing around those. Um, whereas if we can get to the, I'm sad and then pour ourselves into the heart and say, okay, so let me be sad for a little bit. And, um, sadness is now giving me clarity about the actions up here. Cause when yeah. you're in those actions, it's hard to be aware of them all the time, but when you feel the emotions and then you get poured into open heartedness, you're like, oh, right. You know what? Sadness isn't always what I want to feel, but I'm really clear. I'm really connected. Me and Sierra talking makes me feel really connected. That's open heartedness. So then yeah. maybe this is bringing openness to the fact that like, oh yeah, guys, yeah, we are stuck in these paths, you know? And so then from open heartedness, it kind of releases the um, control that like we have there. So we that it has over us, I mean, and gives us more um, personal, authentic power. Um, so... I just think that mind heart thing is that is actually kind of for me a new a new insight into temperance, even though I've read that description a thousand times. Yeah, but, it just uh, connects more now. And it also brings me back to how we always want to be, you know, with the positivity. And even in those moments, yeah, sometimes you do need to sit in sadness, but you need to sit in sadness with the like silver lining of hope that's there that I know mm. that in this moment of sitting in this, I'm not sitting in this with the intention of staying. I'm sitting in this with the intention of figuring out, of getting to the bottom of what's going on here so that I can get back yes. up to the light. And I think yep. that that's harder and less comfy than staying and sitting in it. Yeah, for sure. And also if you can identify what the heart is feeling and say, I'm really feeling sad. Let's just use sad as an example. Something happened to me. I, you know, I met someone and, you know, whatever, but they, they're fabulous, but they live somewhere else, you know, and I don't know what to do about it. And they're, you know, this is a, I know this one well, um, and they live overseas and I don't know what to do. And I'm sitting in this energy of like sadness, right? Well, there is that moment where like it is this, the emotion has come up for a reason, right? Because you're feeling something, but there is always the power to have al what Sierra is also talking about is this power of like the alchemical power of alchemizing that emotion and being like, well, this sadness is telling me that what's happening here is important. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm yeah. getting emotional about it. So also if it's important, why maybe I'm feeling sad because I'm really missing this person. And that's really beautiful because what's actually being felt here is that I'm connected to this person. Connection is, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. really special. And then from that state, I can think, well, isn't it special I've connected from some, with someone who's so far away? 
and it might really suck and I can accept the fact that it's not going to work or whatever, but actually, isn't it special that we can be connected and I'm grateful for that connection? Like there are, this alchemical process begins, but it's all in open-heartedness, you know? It's not bouncing around in defense and, and, and inhibition. And on that same note, if you are sitting in a feeling of sadness and like in that example that you gave, connection came up and it's like, okay, well, the reason why I'm so sad is because I made a connection with somebody and that connection was really important. Maybe you're sitting in a moment of sadness because somebody's being a jerk to you. And then you're like, wow, the reason why I'm sad is because I thought that that this person valued our connection to the same level I valued our connection. And actually the the meaning here is that I value something more than another person. And if you just bounce back and forth between like, you know, anger and sadness and all of those things, and you don't let yourself sit in the why, then mm -hmm. you don't get to that bottom line of, wait a minute, this person doesn't value our connection to the same level I do. And that's that. And now I can make it, now I can take an action. Now I can move past that. Cause I've got to like the root cause and, and that, yeah, that heart and mind I there. I and it's so, yeah, it's easier yeah. to accept it. It's easier to accept and do something from it. And it's so interesting because I went back to the definition in this book and I was just like reading through a couple of them and right next to each other, we have balanced heart and natural justice. And that is so interesting because balanced heart is what you were getting into. And natural justice is a completely justice. different energy from the justice card that we just talked about, which is connected with Libra, which is almost like imposed justice, like you know, human. like human justice, exactly where I have made this decision that this is what's fair and coming in and weighing things. Whereas and this weighing. is the natural justice. It's like, it doesn't matter how long you are able to eat veggies and go on runs, Sierra. There's there's just naturally going to come a time where you can't do that. You either are gonna hurt yourself or you're gonna like cave with the chips and dip. And then the pendulum has to swing back to the Wait. other side. Yes, it's not yes, my yes, personal, yes. you know, you it's. It's the way yes. of, it's the natural way of things. It's the natural justice of things. And, and to the, and to the, and to the other side of the, you know, pendulum, human justice might say, I deserve to smoke every day because this happened to me and this is my guilty pleasure. And the body's going to say, fantastic. But at some point it's going to catch up to you. Yeah. Because our lungs can't handle it. And yeah. It's, and and that's the natural the, the natural intelligence and at the other end of that spectrum it's that kind of one of my favorite analogy of you know the oak tree the seed to the tree everything has this universal intelligence this justice you have a blueprint of what your higher self already looks like and it's already there and it's already naturally happening and to a certain degree um what temperance helps us do is open the door to like get out of the way and let things unfold in divine timing because when we're bouncing around you know inhibitory emotions or defense mechanisms and feeling shame and hating on ourselves and swinging that pendulum to extremes um then i think we're getting in our own way yeah and part of what coming to a and you had said also about um heart balance there was something there we talked about acceptance i think self-acceptance is a critical 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 um activator for healthy temperance because when mm. you don't accept yourself that's when you start to go into this swinging the pendulum you know 
you become and an that's something pendulum. that we struggle with yeah you become <laughs> an extreme pendulum, <laughs> pendulum swinger yeah not to be confused with other kind of swingers but no, no, no. It, it is a pendulum <laughs> swinger and you're living the extremes and um we hear it all the time, yo-yo, you know, they're yo-yoing with their weight or they we have these terminologies because it's not unusual for people to be extreme pendulum swingers. And the thing is, I think the root of that is not accepting yourself and coming to terms of self-acceptance, I think is a really healthy, secure foundation for, um, for seeing your duality as a human that is who it is that needs to accept who they are and also a human that has divine connection and a human that has, yeah, its own inherent power um, to sort of affect their life. I don't know. It's, it's a very mystical card. Yeah. And there's something about the, the openness of the Sagittarian Jupiter energy too, that comes into play here where I'm just thinking about like how freedom is a key word for Sagittarius, for Jupiter, for temperance, like freedom, like is a word that comes to play there. And I'm thinking about yes. how, you know, that's why in a stereotypical Sagittarian way, they're seen as being like flight risk in a relationship, like never going to commit to anything because they, they're just going to like, bam, get on, get on a plane and go jet set somewhere. And I think that, you know, as a Sagittarius with Sagittarius rising, Sagittarius, Mercury, Sagittarius, Venus, as some, as all of those placements that I have in a long-term committed, very happy relationship, I think it has to do with the, the not feeling trapped because I think that when you feel that there's an openness, when you feel that there is you know, the option of having one weekend with chips and dip and then going back to a healthy lifestyle, you don't feel like you have to finish the bag of chips, you know, because you, you have this openness, you don't feel restricted. And I think that that in that Sagittarian energy where like, I don't ever feel restricted freedom wise in my relationship, you know, because I mean, I am married to an Aquarius. It's another sign who is, you know, very yeah. much appreciating freedom Love and independence, <laughs> but, totally. you know, but that's something where I feel like in the temperance way, when you don't restrict yourself, when you allow and accept that the pendulum is going to be swinging, you're you're not so worried about letting go of the pendulum when you're so far to one side because it's like, oh, you know what? I'm only a little bit this way. I can let go and have the bag of chips and then I'll come back to the other side because it's so much more of an openness and a freedom. And that kind of goes with that natural, it flow was another vocabulary word that comes up with this. I was literally about to say flow. I was literally <laughs> about to say flow. Yeah. circulating in my mind is flow. Yeah, because then you enter into the flow state. And we're using food because food is one for us, but there are many different behaviors that this would relate to. I mean, oh my God, so many possible ones, any kind of repeated pattern, any kind of extreme in your life, whether it's from dating or working too much or, you know, whatever it is, or, or being too freaking spiritual. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, there's an ego that can arrive with any kind of thing that you're doing too much of, or that you're so desperately sure that this is the right thing I have to be doing right now um uh, yeah desperation is a big part of it too if you're feeling desperate desperation then you're yes something's wrong if you're coming at it from the energy of desperation something's up because 
Another word that is just like the classic definition of that Sagittarian Jupiter energy is optimism. This is supposed to be enjoyable. Nobody's yes. enjoying. No, okay. I'm not saying nobody's enjoying extremely hardcore exercising and healthy eating. What I am saying, though, is that nobody is enjoying restricting themselves from the dessert that they're dying to have but aren't having because they are in that mode. Nobody enjoys that. Don't we hear it? Don't we hear people say all the time, well, I don't want to date someone that's not going to eat a hamburger from time to time. People say that kind of stuff because the truth is, you know, I'm, okay, we're going to be, it's not that I'm judging, but, you know, humans He's enjoy. judging, no. <laughs> I am so hardcore judging, but the thing is, humans <laughs> enjoy food. We do. We enjoy eating. It's why we're here on earth. It's a part of being human. We enjoy food. We enjoy sex. We enjoy all sorts of things. And there's no shame in it. That's it's a pleasures, pleasures, it's whatever pleasures. your pleasures are. Yeah. Yes, pleasures for us all, you know. Um, and I feel like people need to accept to uh, when pleasure comes with shame it's always going to be dangerous um but shame is actually you know a built-in mechanism because sometimes people need to be shamed i mean it's and and and, and i mean it really i mean it's it's shame has kept our society ticking you know when someone does something really bad and you say hey that wasn't cool you that was not a cool way of acting you shouldn't have done it you shouldn't have hit that person or you shouldn't have thrown yeah. down the street Shame is a very helpful tool for that person then to be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. It's There's a reason why there is shame in the human, uh, um, you know, makeup. Experience, it's, it's, yeah. Experience, and it's, and it's important. And I think that it, it does have a very key um, function of keeping our society flowing in a, in a direction. But when you are internalizing shame constantly and acting from that place for yourself, it you know, if it's always... And there are things, you know, we... We, we, shame can be healthy. I don't think we should always think about it as like, because it's an inhibitory emotion, right? So it will stop us from, from feeling things, but sometimes a little bit of it is maybe not bad as long as you can move through it. As long as yeah. you can be like, okay, I know why that shame's there. It, it's making me feel this way. Yeah. Yeah. And moving through it is the part that I have yet to master because I hold on to it. Like I can tell you everything I've ever felt shame about since I have memory. Like I, I, while I have my, you know, Sagittarius parts, I've got my Capricorn parts. And I can tell you about every moment, like from elementary school to like today of something that I felt shame and I'm holding on to it. And it's that moving through it that I'm, you know, looking to temperance for guidance about. Yeah, because it's the pouring of the cup. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in tarot, water represents... Emotion. Emotions and the heart. So we can't cut that part out of temperance. And it's funny because I really do think that, like, giving a good example of, like, something you suppose that would be, you know, not correct to be shamed about. But, like, for example, like, if I was in a relationship... And I did something that made my partner feel really shit. Or I said something that made my partner feel really shit. And it wasn't a cool thing to do. Let's just yeah. say that. And I started to feel ashamed, right? Um, that shame is arriving because I don't want to feel something. Yeah. Right? So the shame's arriving to tell me, oh, you don't want to feel something. You know, it's this inhibitor. Yeah. Um, so then it's good in that moment because it's going to make me go, well, I could either sit in the shame forever and just be like, oh my God, I'm the worst person. I'm so ashamed. I'm not worth anything. What kind of a human am I that I would 
you know, say that yeah. somebody I love, you could stay there forever and toxicify your body and just poison yourself. Or you could really be like, okay, I know I'm feeling shame. So then what am I feeling? Right. What am, what am I really feeling? What's the emotion here? And it could be that I'm afraid that I'm going to lose this person because I've been mean to them. It could be sadness. It could be um, just self-disgust. You know, I'm disgust because disgust is a core emotion, you know, and oh God, I feel disgusting, you know, but if you can say that out loud, then you can start to move through that, you know, and then like open to open heart, become open hearted. But yeah, it brings, it leads to a conversation. Then if you, if you allow yourself to sit in that and just hold on to that shame forever, then it's, you know, you're, you're never moving past that point. But if you're like, wow, I feel really ashamed for how I treated my partner for that action that I did that hurt them. And then you talk about it and you apologize for it and you explain where that came from and you hear how like that made them feel. And you are able to share, you know, a little bit of your perspective on it and move through it. Then you're able to release that. And that's part of what I'm working on for sure. Yeah. Because don't we hear, I've heard, I hear other people, I hear myself doing it too, where we, instead of apologizing to someone, we throw our shame back at them and we say, well, you know what? I'm, yeah, that's right. I'm the worst person. I'm horrible. You know, I'm obviously just horrible, you know, for saying that as opposed to being like, okay, well, what that's all really is, is that I'm kind of disgusted in myself and to say to them, listen, what I did to you was kind of gross. I feel kind of, I feel ashamed because that was, it was an ugly behavior. And by being able to voice it and understand it. Now I'm connecting to you. We're clearing up the situation. There's clarity, there's calmness. The other person's like, you know what? Thank you for saying that. That wasn't really that nice. Cause at my motivation wasn't to really hate that person. Was it? It was just something there's some other ego thing was going on and it's probably yeah. stemmed from fear. which was that I'm afraid yeah. you don't love me. I'm afraid you do. But it's like little things like that. And I think it comes to like the whole eating health journey too, where, anytime we throw our own power away and we're kind of like, well, I think disgust is a, is a big one. I feel sometimes where I'm like, you know, Oh, for sure. You're, you're gross. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I feel that so much. You're just, that's a, it's a, it's a feeling. I'm so gross, you know? And how sad is that? That we should think that of something so precious as ourselves, you know? Yeah. And that feeling is leading up. That's an example of feeling gross and feeling afraid. It's leading up to shame. Um, it's hard. It's a hard journey to pour that water out of the cup. And, and everything that you just said, like, and we're talking about like these things that bring up conversations and moving through it to have with other people in your life. I think what I, my journey with temperance, my journey with shame, my journey with, you know, all of the, like feeling the things and, and keeping the pendulum from swinging too far to the extremes is very much a conversation with self. And I've totally looked into and plan on continuing doing work on like inner child healing, because that's something where like, I, I had the best childhood. I have amazing parents. I had a very fortunate and very privileged life and I'm very aware of it. And I am grateful for it every day. And I feel that I have inner child healing to do. And so I'm thinking if I have inner child healing to do, I know I'm not alone in that. I know <laughs> that I'm not alone in that. And that's yeah. something that I I did do this inner child meditation just because 
And a lot of like the work that I've been doing, it was brought up that like little kid Sierra was like coming to play. And a lot of these like decisions that I was making are things that were inhibiting me. And so I did this one meditation and it was like, okay, go into your heart, go into your, I don't know, it was like your kidneys or go into your liver or whatever it was for like, you know, uh, fear for sadness. And I was like, all right, okay, we're dealing with this. We're dealing with fear. We're dealing with sadness. Okay. Okay. And then it was like, now go into your stomach. That's where you hold on to shame. And then it was like, waterworks, waterworks. <laughs> I was yes, losing it. About it. Yeah. And I was losing it. And I was like, wow, I have so, and that's when I realized that shame is my thing that I'm working through. And oh, also yeah. it was like the, the meditation was like on the other side. And I use the app insight timer, by the way, for anybody too. who's insight looking timer, call yeah, out. for any sort of like a uh, meditation nice. and big call the, out time oh yes and this other um this meditation explained that on the other side of shame is joy and i was like are you fucking kidding me because as if you if you are following along from like all my other podcasts and from like this journey from the beginning and just whatever that is my entire journey is my journey to find joy and to access it and sit in it. And I feel like I'm an expert at happiness and a novice at joy. And I am Mm -hmm. working so hard. That was my whole journey in Egypt led me to that realization that I don't know how to access or sit in joy, or I am learning. It has been blocked to me before. And I realized that, you know, through this meditation, that shame is a blocker of joy. And it was just made, it was just so clear to me. And so I feel like when we have these, you know, okay, why is my pendulum swinging so far in one way? Why am I, you know, let's gain some Sagittarian wisdom here. You know, like why am I unable to like, just let it go sooner and not keep it pulling, 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 pulling until it gets to a point where like, there's too much tension and it just snaps back to the other side. And so, you know, bringing that back to, I mean, just in the way we grew up and, you know, our life and like, you know, this era and especially women, like, you know, I personally grew up with so much just body shaming from society. I know everybody did, but I really have to shout out to women here because we're so body shamed and there's no, there's, there's no, way to win. There's no way to win. And, you know, and so just influence from social media, influence from family, from friends, from teachers, from, oh, I was, I was bullied by my gym teacher. I was very bullied by my gym teacher. I had such an aversion to anything sports related because of how horrible my gym teacher was to me and who would like out me in front of the entire class at being really bad at all these sports and things. Horrible things. Oh, yeah. There's nothing worse than high school sports. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> this was elementary school. Like little kid even me was worse. bullied. Like, even worse. Yeah. I mean, when you have an adult figure in your little impressionable childhood life, encouraging the boys that are really good at sports to bully you because you're really bad and overweight. Terrible. Like it's that's something terrible. that doesn't go away. And again, that's something that what I mean by I had such a happy childhood, I do mean that, but also these things still happened because that was, that was the life in which, you know, those were external factors that you can't choose. You can't. Yeah. And so I think that through those, I, I totally realized every time I go on a run, like I've, you know, I've gone through this temperance journey of switching the narrative from you're doing this to punish yourself because you like you ate all this shit. Now you need to go run it off. 
And I've changed and I've changed the journey. Like I've changed the narrative along the journey to being like, well, fuck you elementary school bullies. And I like, I remember all their names and I remember stupid gym teacher and his name and you know, those, (laughs) and that, that is the narrative that it switched to. And now I'm like, okay, we have progressed, (laughs) you know, but at the same time, I don't want to be running to spite childhood bullies. I want to be running because it makes my body feel good. I want to be running because it's actually really good. good. It's nice to be in the woods, you know, like it's like this whole, like that is the evolution that I feel like that's what I mean by the wisdom that we gain through those other experiences. Like, you know, I couldn't have just gotten to that point if I didn't have the evolution of it, which I do think is part of that whole temperance journey. I agree. And I think it's part of the um, timing of it. Yes, yes, yes. Because, you know, and I have a very similar, um, very similar um, story about just my sexuality, because I had that same thing at high school. I was bullied from like the age of 12 about being gay, about being gay. And there was particularly nasty bullies that would do it all the time. And the thing is, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about my sexuality. I didn't even know. I was like, so not even there. You know what I mean? Yeah. started to get there I was also so defiant that these people couldn't be correct about me mm-hmm. because they're assholes and they're pushing toxic crap at me so why do you want to believe them so what it created in me was this journey of closeness and denial and you know no 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 you guys are assholes you guys are assholes and for so long I was spiting them and then there was this moment at some point much later many years later where I was like you know what I I am gay but and that's what you were telling me all, all those years. You know what? You were telling me that I was gay. It was the truth. But you were yeah. fucking assholes. Yeah. And you were mean. And you yeah. were nasty. So you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. And you know what? Because for so long, I was like, I don't want to be what they have told me. It's the same thing exactly. Because you're like, I might have been overweight, but I didn't want to I was overweight and I wasn't great at yeah. sports. Like, yeah, but yeah, you they weren't be wrong. Because they told me. Exactly. Same thing. I was like, I don't want to be gay because you're telling me I am and you're telling me it's bad. And at a certain point, you had to come to self-acceptance. You have to come to that lesson yourself where you go, honestly, I don't care what you think. That's actually the main thing is like, I, it doesn't really matter to me what you think about it. What matters to me is what I am. But what also matters is that you are horrible. But again, I'm not going to spite you and do anything to act out on what you did you know it's yeah, like like i'm choosing this is the higher timeline part of it where it's like the higher timeline. in in like a various different timelines there's sierra going on a run one of them she twists her ankle because she's going too hard because blah 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 blah, blah. one of them you know it's like it's just exhausting and one of them it's like oh hey i think i'm gonna go on a run today and yeah. and that's the one in which it's going to be doing health from like positive health goals long-term. And another thing that like is so temperance of my journey that I, I have stopped wearing my Apple watch. I'm not saying I'm never going to wear it again because I, I, because temperance, because maybe, maybe I will, but I, I did stop wearing it because I was feeling I've stopped wearing it before because of shame, but I've also stopped wearing it before because of like a big thing I'm going through right now is putting up emotional, sorry, energetic boundaries, energetic and emotional boundaries. And I didn't want to have that much easy access to everybody trying to contact me all the time on my wrist. And so I think that's I, 
I took it off and then I got back in the running mode and I was like, oh shit, I'm going on a run today and my Apple watch isn't even charged. And it never occurred to me that it's possible to go on a run without Without documenting it. Like, this is so true, Sierra. This is this is a this is this is a argument against calorie counting too. Yes. Yes. It's like it's possible for me to eat a meal I enjoy that's healthy without clocking every molecule that's entering my body. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a strict um uh I guess what you advocate for not counting calories. I've done it yeah. in the past. Me too. And I, it has always elicited the worst possible version of me yeah. in a way that is really not enjoying his life. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's the same oh. for me as weighing myself. Uh, when I like had a really successful weight loss journey, like for that period of time in my life, which I am no longer in that period of time in my life, I was weighing myself regularly. And it was such a motivating thing because what I was doing was working for me and my body then. And I was seeing direct results with a number, but I, when I've tried multiple times on my weight loss journey since then, I have, uh, equated self-value to a number, which is unhealthy for me mentally. And I'm not saying that nobody should weigh themselves because like, we have different health. journeys. And so if calorie counting works for you and you do have the healthy mindset and you're tweaking things on that level, go for it. But Both for, are. for this situation, when I decided I, it wasn't even really a decision, it was like, Oh shit, I'm going on a run and I haven't worn my Apple watch in weeks and therefore it's not charged. And I, it was the weirdest feeling ever. And it was almost like, you know, that whole, like, <laughs> did, did the party happen this weekend? If I didn't post it to Instagram, you know what I mean? It's like, did I go on a run if I don't have it documented on my Apple watch, which then yes, I can put yes, on Strava. Yes, yes, and it's like, yes. And now today I went on a run this morning and I didn't even think about it until I like got home and I was realizing, I was like, oh shit, I haven't worn my Apple watch on a run in months. And, and I'm just doing it because it felt good. And also on my personal journey, what's working for me right now, which like, I'm not saying it's going to work forever because for a while I couldn't eat anything with gluten. And now I can eat some stuff with gluten and I'm not like having that hard, fast rule of no. Right now, I haven't, since my shellfish allergy came up, I haven't been eating any meat at all, minus like maybe a little bit of like tuna. That's been like my one thing that I've been eating. And I don't plan on being this vegetarian, pescatarian for the rest of my life. But in this moment, that's what's feeling really good for me. And I didn't feel heavy on my run today. My weight has not changed. I mean, I don't know that because I haven't weighed myself in numbers, but for as far as, you know, I, I'm assuming my weight has not changed since I have stopped eating meat. It's This is what's working for me and my body at this point in my life because my body's literally reacting to certain foods right now. But I felt lighter and it was like, right. oh, oh, you had well, an enjoyable run because you're listening to your body. Yeah. You're not saying, oh, you know what the trendiest thing to do is to lose weight is to go vegan. And it's like, no, like I, I'm actually going to eat holistically. Listen. You have to and, listen to your body. You yeah. have to. And you know, it's funny, like we've actually had similar journeys, but also it's 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 um manifesting differently. I also have been wanting to lose weight, but I've also wanted to be healthy. But my main journey has been more health related because I have high blood pressure. I have I'm medicated for high blood pressure and and um and just generally that's been circling this feeling of like your body is telling you 
this is like this is like your body is telling you that certain things need to go shift yeah shift and I have been doing the like exactly like you where we said less meat and I've been doing less dairy and for me I think that's been a big key I think for me it's been a big inflammatory thing for my body anyhow my cholesterol was high my blood pressure was high is high um well, actually, my blood pressure has been great, but I am also medicated. But even when I'm medicated, it's not always great. Um, and recently, I've been taking my blood pressure, and it's like 120 something over 75. I'm like, oh, thank God, like something I can be like comfortable with, um, not like 140 over. Like I'm always getting these really high. Anyway, point of my story being, sorry, I'm babbling, is um, I have cut out certain foods recently, um, and it hasn't been hard because I've been really enjoying. It's not like I've been eating; I've been eating a lot. I've been eating a lot of veggies. I've been eating a lot. I've been even I've also also been going out and I've been you know and I have lost weight and actually I've lost weight faster than I expected not I was like whoa shit that's I'm surprised yeah. you know and I go out um like I went out with my friends and ate a bit of this and had this weekend where I was like oh I kind of feel like I cheated this weekend because I had I had you know one that night we had like you know like four glasses of wine and, and like we you know munched a lot on all these things and but then you know after the weekend I stood on the chairs and I was like still losing weight okay and I was like well don't question it but the thing is I've also got a sprained back at the moment so I haven't been moving so I can't attribute it to any exercise I'm doing but I'm like you know what this is not about this is when it came to that this is not about that you're shifting lifestyle and for whatever reason your body needs to lose weight now because your heart is not in a good place yeah your blood pressure is not in a good place it your cholesterol is not in a good place and your body knows what it needs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, it's so cool how our journeys show up. And again, this is why like we found each other through temperance and we like, you know, because it is, our journeys are paralleling, but not necessarily the same that they like, they crisscross and intersect in so many ways because you're doing this like from health, like coming in the way. And I've done all the blood tests, I've done all the things. And I am like, as far as, you know, doctor's notes go, I'm very healthy, but I'm just very overweight. And, and I'm the most active I've ever been, but I'm also the biggest size I've probably ever been. And so it's like this thing where I'm going through this journey of, I know that it's this, uh, energetic, emotional weight that I'm holding on to, like in the same way that what I said to you earlier, before we started recording, like, you know, past Sierra on this, like really extreme pendulum of temperance is like, Either my two extremes are either I'm eating a salad because I need to lose weight because this is the only thing that I can do in order to lose weight or, or if, and if I don't, I'm going to stay fat or I'm eating cheesy pasta and oh my God, I'm the worst. And this is going to make me fat. And the bottom line, yeah. (laughs) And yeah. And um, the bottom line of either of those pendulum scale is that, I'm either punishing myself eating a salad because I don't want to be fat or I am like disgusted at myself for eating something that I know is going to make me fat. The end result is fat at the end of both of those things, both of the pendulum extremes. And I'm kind of like, actually with this, like the pendulum that's swinging a lot less dramatically back and forth is helping me realize actually that's not, that's not it at all. Because no matter if you eat the salad or you eat the pasta, if you have that mentality with it, like the word fat is still there and that's what your body is in defense against, you know? And so like, there's nothing wrong with weight. Yeah. Like we live in a world that's just, and that's not hard for us to sometimes say and accept too, because 
don't we all want to look like Barbie? But I mean, it's a sick fantasy too. I mean, there is absolutely nothing wrong with having our body positivity. It's just that most people are shamed by society. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and I think that the lesson here is not Sierra and Stefan's journey to thinness, because I don't want anyone listening thinking that that's our goal. <laughs> it's Sierra and no. Stefan's journey to understanding how to get out of toxic behaviors within ourselves that are caused by shame. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And it's for a holistic approach to things, you know, right. because I realize that, you know, it's like any, and this is in any stage of the pendulum, but like when you are exercising more, you want to eat better, you know, yeah. but then there's like that there, but then there's a deeper, and that's like the first level. And then there's a deeper understanding of when I was in a really healthy, healthy eating, like quote unquote, healthy eating. And I was having like a really good, like oatmeal breakfast every single morning. And then the one day that I decide, you know what, like I made banana bread for friends and whatever, and I'm going to have banana bread for breakfast with chocolate chips in it. And it's like a healthy banana bread that I made, but it, you know, it's banana bread, not oatmeal. And I had the best run of the week that day because my body was so energized because I had sugar and I had like the the carbs that activate fast, which is not what maybe that, you know, that's not what you're supposed to eat to lose weight. But when you're going on a run and you want to pull on energy, oatmeal sustains you over a long period of time banana bread gives you that kick that you need when you're about to go on a run it's things that we would shame ourselves for because we've been taught by society that the only way to get thin is to eat a salad and the thing is the other day that weekend i'm talking about i had a massive bowl of oat bran um which was like a big sloppy oatmeal with a banana and berries in it and some honey and i used um i think hemp milk or oat milk but the point was when i ate that big bowl of grains you know, I was like, oh, that was kind of, it felt like cheating. It felt <laughs> like cheating. But I was like, I felt great, number one. I was so, I I was like so excited about eating this delicious thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I was, and I'm feeling great. And I, and I, and, and it did actually. And I, and it, yeah, in the past, the difference is in the past when I was eating that, I was also ordering a pizza for dinner and also doing these things and also, and it was like, I couldn't, you know, be restrictive anywhere. Um, and it was coming from the shame, but even the shame, it's just what's happening now is we're breaking shame patterns. And I really, really love, like, actually recently, it's funny because a friend of mine, when I told him that I was going to like start to cut back foods. I said something about potato and he's like, don't cut out potato. Don't cut out potato. And I was like, uh, cause my learned <laughs> yeah. behavior was what like, you've been like potato, has to go. potato has to fucking leave their party, you know? And he was like, don't do that. Potato is important. You need to eat potato, especially if you're eating less meat, you need to be eating potato. Anyway. And then I went to a psychic recently and the psychic was like, your ancestors are telling me you need to eat potato. I'm like, yeah, because I'm Ukrainian, right? Like, is this like some sort of, like, of course they are. Of course they're telling me I need to eat potato. But it was like a message I heard twice. And then he's like, yeah, potato's got a lot of potassium. You need to be eating potato. They're telling you don't cut potato out. You need to eat potato. And you need to eat pierogies. And you need to eat. And I was like, ah. and I was like, oh of my course God. my ancestors are pierogi pushers. Like, I am not surprised. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, you're also the reason that I have this issue with eating in the first place. Hello. Um, oh, but no. it, it was no, no, truly they are. I mean, it's like, keep eating, keep eating, finish everything. And here's an ice cream and here's a pork roast and here's a, this, you know, but the point is 
it actually was such a good reminder to me that like all these gorgeous foods that we sin on and say are horrible, they all come from the planet. There's a reason they're here. There's a reason potato is beautiful. You know, yes, if I'm just eating potato, it's not great, but everything is that temporal balance, you know? Yes. And that's something that I want to like bring in culture real quick because from like growing up in an American culture and like in like the culture that you explained that you grew up in, which is very much pierogi pushers to quote you. Pierogi uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ukrainian would be offended if you called them a pierogi pusher. I think. It's oh a my God. But like <laughs> the, the food excess and oh. like, I mean like American food only exists on one side of the pendulum. I feel like, and living in France <laughs> They are, oh my God, they're eating potatoes, like potatoes, a huge staple. They're eating bread all the time. They are, and the thing is, is that what I've learned is that food is something to, that brings pleasure in France. It is an experience. It's a pleasurable experience that one should dedicate time to. It is not quick, grab something. We have to do blah, 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 go shove your face. And when we do that, our body's in a different state. And so I feel like with the, what I've like so grateful to learn from part of the culture here is that when you do shift that mindset, which there is no shame attached to food in France, there's, it's just not like you go to the market, you get fresh produce, like everything here. I mean, like the laws here for what you can put in your food are so much different, you know, and the fact that you dedicate so much time to making a meal and eating a meal. And I do think it is shifting just because of like globalization and like the easier access to fast foods and things like that. But, you know, as a culture, I really do think that, you know, you see French people, if we're stereotyping are very, very slim. And Americans, if we're stereotyping, are much larger set and and overweight. And it's not even larger set. It's overweight. It's unhealthy overweight is like a stereotype of Americans. And I think it's because that we, I'm not saying every French person has to be skinny and every American is overweight, but as, you know, what we learn culturally and how we associate food to, you know, the mentality that we have when we're eating it is I think that French culture has a very beautiful pendulum swing of temperance going on where they're like, yeah, I'm going to have dessert every day, but dessert to me is a clementine or a yogurt. and right. Or a piece of the chocolate that I love. A piece of the chocolate, you know? And, and if I'm going to dinner and getting a three course meal, the portions are of a human size that I will feel satisfied at the end, not like rolling out of this restaurant. Right, right. And so I think that that's part of the, you know, just that that's me looking at my temperance journey, which is through a food filter, which is through a cultural filter. But I'm just saying that whatever anybody's journey is here, that you're feeling the pendulum swing to the extreme there, there's like so many different steps along the way. And like so many different observations and perspectives that you can get that help the pendulum extreme be a little bit smaller of a range but with the like you know remembering that like you said at the beginning the point is not to be stagnant that's not the point the point is not to stay still and to eat the same thing every single day virgo virgo's out there but um (laughs) (laughs) but but to be fair virgo is normally a super healthy sign but <laughs> the point the point is to allow a little bit of the swinging 
And then it's easier to get back on the healthier side of that. And it's easier to get back on. And by healthier, it doesn't have to be food. It could be like, maybe it is in your exercise regime. Maybe it is. And even just like anybody who's a crazy, um, like someone who needs to clean excessively, maybe it's letting the dishes sit in your sink, you know, because then you get to go to the party, you know, whatever it is that there's the extreme in your life, Yes, you know? And you know, I think it also depends on your personality, right? Because it's all about like, there may be the human out there where like static balance is their jam. Maybe that is the Virgo. Maybe they're like, I'm right on the knife edge of balance and I'm like not moving. And I am, maybe that for them is extreme, extremely beautiful. But I know that you and I, Sierra, are much more interested in being a little bit active on that. Like I'm standing on one foot, but I'm a wobbling. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I'm yeah. not falling over, but I'm like, oh, balance means I shift this it way. Wouldn't I shift way. Shift this way. It wouldn't be as fun. It wouldn't be as fun. Yeah, it wouldn't be as fun if I was, you know, and I think that's true. And I think it's fine. I think it's absolutely fine. So I also think that like with your temperance journey, I mean, it's just a beautiful thing to be aware of because I think uh, it's really been very helpful for us oh as, God, a, yeah. um, as a starting point to understand so much of our internal world. so much of our parallel journey and so much of the journey we're on to self-acceptance really and how we can move out of like cycles of shame also the fact that you just like mentioned the word journey is a great way to bring it back to Sagittarius because it's about the journey not the destination the pendulum's never going to choose one side it is going to constantly be journeying between the two sides, going back and forth and back and forth. And that, oh my God, that just cleared up so much Sagittarian temperance like connection <laughs> for me is that it's part of the journey. It's the journey to self-acceptance. The purpose isn't to fully accept. It's the, what we learn along the way to the way. it. Yeah. And we will always be learning because we will always be changing because life is change and growth and nothing in life is static. Woof. Static in life means dead. Woof. That's... <laughs> That's the truth. Straight from the Aquarian's mouth to your ears. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. If you're not moving in life, you die. If you're not moving, you're not living. No. Well, you know. Well, no, but I mean, everything is always in motion. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think that this is so beautiful, guys. And um I'm just I'm glad that we've come to this moment where Sierra and I have both felt comfortable to share our temperance journeys with you here we've shared before in other places but it felt really appropriate to us today to like lean into this um harbinger um that's been stalking us because we really did have periods of our lives where we were heavily followed by temperance and i feel like we did all this um foundational work so that we could come to where we are now we're both standing at the door um right now holding a key that we know will open the door and that's a really exciting step in our journey because we're now, I think I'm speaking for both of us when I say that we're both in a really good place of starting to really crack the codes of like what our life, what we want our life to look like and what it feels comfortable doing that will align also with what we want. And I think that's a big thing that fire pushes you to do act towards what you feel passionate about. And a big part of the journey of temperance as being so hard is that I'm not passionate about going to the gym every day. I'm not passionate about eating, you know, lettuce constantly. Like that's not a passion for me. So when I'm acting against my passions, my body's like, but why? But why? And you know what? Rightfully fucking so. Because (laughs) the whole point of temperance is to be in alignment. The person that's in alignment isn't succeeding because they are 
going against everything that feels good. That's yes. not alignment. Exactly. That's not alignment. So if you're if you're doing if you're living your life and you are feeling like you're achieving, you know, something you want but you feel like crap all the time, that's a problem. You know, you should be able to feel good. And then you have Stefan and I who are doing things that like, you know, through our like, oh man, this pizza feels real good, but then my body doesn't. But then I'm sitting in a moment of shame or disgust. And that is the thing where you're like, okay, I don't, I don't think pizza alone is the problem. I think it's what pizza causes me, where it causes me to go mentally and what it causes discomfort wise in my body. Like, you know, and it's because I also ate this, that, and that during the day. And so it's kind of like going through that, you know, what makes me feel good and like, but what makes me actually feel good? Not just what I, not just what I like in the moment, but what makes me actually feel good. I just had a massive thing, you know, yes. What makes you feel actually good because it comes back to setting these, we talk about setting intentions that are, that are um, against each other because pizza, we're going to use pizza, you know, when not all the time, not every time, because the idea, the idea is to enjoy eating pizza but to not have pizza be a coping mechanism because yes. when pizzas become a coping mechanism, what the message is sending is two emotions are coming up. One, this has made me feel brilliant because I love eating pizza and I feel amazing and I feel excited and I feel like great with all these pizza things. And then the other thing it's making us feel is you are disgusting. You mm-hmm. are gross. You have no self-control. You are a monster. And those two emotions are the opposite sides of the spectrum. They are the opposite sides of the pendulum trying to exist together. So what that's putting, where does that move us? Shame. Yeah. Guilt. And and what you just said made me think of uh, social media. It's an instant dopamine kick when you eat the pizza. I feel good because pizza's yummy, yay. And then it dies off real fast and you're like I am horrible because I ate the pizza this is shame what am I doing why am I doing this and it's the same thing as like I think social media would be a great thing that I think so many people can connect to on with that temperance journey of needing to find a little bit of balance and moderation of oh my god I got the like oh my god somebody liked my thing oh my god it feels so good and then you're like why did I just spend three hours on my phone when I wanted to read I wanted to go to sleep I wanted to spend time I wanted to blah 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 And so that's, again, with that moderation. And I think that- Shame makes you feel guilt. Exactly. I think that that's something that many people can connect to in present day. And I think we could also go on a crazy, like, you know, we could dive into so many other things that people could connect to on that temperance journey. But I'd love to hear of anybody who is listening, if you would like to reach out and let us know, like, if temperance has shown up for you and you didn't even realize it and what that kind of pendulum extremes are. And what does it look like? Yeah. And, and also if you've been working on it and like how you've like made that pendulum range smaller, like inspire us, let us know, you know, please. Yes. <laughs> your wisdom, Because we're only, we're only um acting from our own personal perspective and our own personal experience, you know? Yeah. So we would love any kind of input and uh, inspiration always. Yes. And thank you for listening to our journeys. We're getting to the point of being able to share it. Like we've, you know, gone through quite a journey, sharing it with each other, working through it ourselves, and now working through it in a more public space. And so we're grateful for everybody who's taken the time to listen. And we hope that you're able to connect with that and get some inspiration from it. And so I'll have to make sure that we post, uh, 
some, we have some Instagram like lives and reels and things from when Stefan yes. and I did our yes. temperance journey. We did friends of temperance. So I'll make sure that we can uh, get those up on our Instagram, which is at mystic.gossip over on Instagram. And then you can follow Stefan at Tara for light and you can follow me at magical.bookclub. And for now, I think the tea's run out. The tea has been poured into the other cup. <laughs> We love you all so much. Bye. <laughs>